Whoever fears climbing the mountain stays forever in the ditch. Aim high. And so in these few minutes, I just want to talk to you practically about just a couple of groundwork, some basic foundational things that will help you aim high, inshallah ta'ala, and help myself aim high. As far as our religious maturity is concerned, every one of us should see ourselves next year, you know, from this Ramadan to next Ramadan, or you know what, Ramadan's already over. So this December to next December, this winter to next winter, how am I going to be a better Muslim? And I, I'd like to highlight three areas. So if you, those of you that are writing this down, just three areas where you want to be able to say to yourself in a tangible way, I'm, a, I'm better off. I've made some progress in three areas at least. The first of those areas is worship. The first concern is worship. Has my fajr improved? Am I making Isha and Fajr at least on time perfectly? The guys, am I waking up for Fajr and making it to the masjid? Make it a goal. Maybe you're not doing it every day, but set a goal that you're going to accomplish that this year. More and more and more, you're going to be able to get it. I'm going to go to sleep earlier. Oh my God, youth, you can't accomplish anything in life if you don't go to sleep early. I'm telling you, you know those deep conversations you have over hookah at night? That's not reviving the Ummah, let me just tell you now. That was deep bros, good, good talk, good talk. Then you wake up at 10 a.m. to pray Fajr. You know, that's, the Ummah sure gonna revive through that. There was some deep discussions last night over some shawarma and some hookah, you know? Go to sleep on time. Go to sleep on time, wake up early. Set, get your Fajr right. Get your Qur'an in the morning. Inna Qur'an al-Fajri kana mashhudan. Get your Qur'an in order. We talk about changing the world, we, ha we can't even change our day yet. We can't even change our day yet. When you change your day, then you can change your year. That means you can change your life. My mornings have to become more productive in terms of worship. In terms of worship. Part of worship I would include, especially those of you that are people of vision, your vision will come, your inspiration will come with the Qur'an. And the Qur'an has to be in your heart. You have to have a project of memorizing as much Qur'an as you can. As little at a time as possible, if you can handle more, take on more. But every day, Fajr and a little bit of memorization, a little bit of recitation, and that's what starts your day. And I can guarantee you, if you do that in your life, even if you do that this week once, if you do it once, you will notice the difference the rest of the day. You will notice that day has more barakah in it, you're getting more accomplished. The doors around you are opening, opportunities are coming, your mind is clearer. Creative ideas are coming to you. It's, you'll see it's, Allah brings those blessings to you, those, opens those doors that are otherwise closed. And how am I going to grow in my knowledge this year? And by the way, I separate knowledge from worship. I separate the two. Because some people focus so much on knowledge and their worship is terrible. They don't worship. They think their knowledge is compensating them for it. So they're studying lots of tafsir and they know a lot of tajweed, but they don't even pay attention in salat. I mean, what are you doing? What's that knowledge for? Your first, I'm, I'm mentioning these things in priority. First thing was worship. The second thing is knowledge. And I don't mean become a alim and get a degree in sharia. Those of you that want to do that, congratulations. I'm talking to everybody here. Not everybody here is going to be a mufti or a alim or whatever. But you have to be educated Muslims. You have to be, at, at, there needs to be some minimal level of education in your Islam. And my recommendation for you for that is that by the end of the year, the coming year, you've studied at least a couple of things. You've studied the seerah, the life of the Prophet once, and you should do it every year once. 
And actually, you should read a different source on the seerah every year for the next few years and really study it. At the same time, you have to make substantial gains. In that same year, you have to make substantial gains in your Qur'an. I'm still in the area of knowledge. First area was worship, second area is knowledge, right? In this knowledge, you have to make some substantial gains in your Qur'an. Which, let's just say you decided this year you're going to try to memorize, I don't know, Surah Al-Kahf. Let's just say. So you set a goal. For this, this year, I'm going to memorize Surah Al-Kahf. That means I'm going to memorize it, I'm going to study its tafsir, I'm going to read it in translation, I'm going to try to understand every word in its vocabulary. If there's a lecture series on Surah Al-Kahf, if there's a tafsir available on Surah Al-Kahf, if there's an article and paper on Surah Al-Kahf, I'm going to take it and I'm going to consume it. This is knowledge. So the first thing was worship and the second thing was knowledge. And I hope you see how I tried to fuse those two things too. Even though I kept them separate, one is helping the other. So if your knowledge is not helping your worship, I don't know if it's real knowledge. I, I don't know if that's real knowledge, it, it, in terms of deen. In terms of deen. Then there's the third area, and that is service. There's service. And that's where you have to figure out, you have to set some time, whether it's once a week, whether it's on the weekends, you don't need the screen anyway. If it was on the weekends, whether it's, you know, um, once in a month, but you have to do some kind of service, meaning, meaning help people. Those of you that have parents that, are, that have teenage children, if you can encourage that sort of activity and even be, take part in it with your teenage kids, it's actually most important in teenage years to engage in the activity of helping other people. That's part of what builds maturity. Because the teenage years are when our youth, our youth in general, not just Muslim youth, youth in general are the most self-absorbed. They're really just, their world is themselves and how they look and their friends and their Facebook status or how many friends they have or whatever. That stuff becomes really important to them at that age. They become very petty. And if you can pull them out of that mindset at that age and make them care about things beyond themselves, helping other people, seeing what suffering looks like and helping with that, you know, like recently, for example, with the disaster of the, you know, the storm that hit and all those people in New Jersey and New York and all of this is not too far from you guys. If you did a, a weekend trip every weekend with some, with the Red Cross or anybody else and you went and just helped out people whose homes are destroyed or there's a tree in their driveway or something and just went and helped and came back. If you just did that, it, it would, I'm telling you, it will bring you closer to Allah like nothing else. You do these three things and you're, you've at least met the foundational goals to do great things in life. This is not your goal. These are, the, these are the things you've met so you can actually achieve goals. Now let's talk about your goals. Do those things. Do them when you're a teen. Do stuff when you're a teen. If you have an idea, run it by people that are successful in business or in entrepreneurship. Discuss your idea with them, refine it, see how you can get started. And you don't always think you need to have big investment capital to start something. All you need is a good idea and work ethic and you can start something. And you could be huge. You could be huge. That's what the Ummah needs. The Ummah needs creative entrepreneurs. The few that we have, the few entrepreneurs that we have are, are driving, the, they're actually shaping the direction of the community. Alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah, we have enough doctors. We have enough programmers. Don't be a programmer to work at a company. Start your own firm, make the next ama most amazing, most downloaded app. You should do that. 
That's what you guys should be. And when we do that, I, I tell Muslims to do this, you know why? Because we have to understand the new language of power in the world is economics. We have to understand that. Right now we're struggling to even pay for our masajid in America. We are some of the most well-off Muslims in the planet. And we have a hard time paying off, we don't even have an economically sustainable model for our own masajid, our own schools. That's because we haven't thought big enough. We have to learn to start thinking big. And we have to develop a work ethic for it. But the barakah, the blessings in that, in that creative work will come when the foundation I talked about is already there. If your salawat are good, your worship is solid, your knowledge is increasing, and you're serving humanity, your mind will be in the right place, and Allah will put barakah in your business. Allah will put barakah in your entrepreneurial venture. And He will not let you become a materialist and a, you know, and a greedy capitalist. He'll make you a socially responsible entrepreneur. That will make this country and inshallah the world a better place. And we're not just here to serve the ummah, we're here to fix the world. You have to think that big. You have to aim that high. Don't shortchange yourself. Don't underestimate yourself. And even though we are just at the end of the day slaves of Allah, and we are the lowest before Him, the closest we are to Allah is when we put ourselves the lowest on the ground. That's our humility to Allah. But when Allah gives you a gift, and Allah gives you intelligence, and Allah gives you an ed educational opportunity, and Allah gives you a creative idea, and Allah gifts you with a talent, and you say, I'm way too humble to exercise my talent, then that is not humility, that is ingratitude. That is ingratitude. You have to exercise your talents. You have to make the most of yourself. Even in a Muslim community, is it possible our iman goes down? Is it possible that we don't feel as close to Allah in one generation after the next after the next, that we're becoming further and further away from Allah? Is it possible we're becoming more materialistic, more ghafil of Allah, that we don't cry in salat anymore, that we don't feel like we feel like reciting Quran much anymore, our du'as have become empty, we just recite some words and say them, we don't even know what they mean, and we don't even care? Does, is that possible? Is that problem possible? When the community, when a Muslim community has that problem, how can they fix it again? How can they get back on track? These are the ayat. These are the ayat. Which means these ayat will be relevant for you and me. Not just as a nation, even as a person. Think, forget about the entire country. Forget about the entire ummah. Just think about yourself. Aren't there days where you have become so far from Allah that you need to get back and you don't even know how? Where do you begin? I feel so distant from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's been so long since I cried in a salah. It's been so long since I felt a connection with Him. How do I feel that connection? So many people ask that question. It is in these ayat that the answer lies. Step one, yatlu alayhim ayatihi. That He recites unto them what? His ayat. We have to engage the word of Allah. We have to recite the word of Allah. We have to stop and think about the word of Allah. We have to think about the fact that every time Allah is speaking, He's talking to me. He's talking to me directly. Wallahi, the greatest gift you will ever, ever have in your life is the gift of Allah's speech. Allah chose to speak to you. Allah chose to speak to me in this book. No other religion gives you this kind of direct access 
access to Allah, that Allah is talking to you and me. But some people say, no, no, no. But Allah is only talking to the Prophet ﷺ. He's not talking to me. This is not a book for me. This is a book for the ulama, for the scholars. This is just, I just recited with tajweed, but I'm not supposed to think about it. Fihi dhikrukum, Allah says. In it, Allah is talking about you. That's literally what He says. In it is your mention. It's about you. 